Welcome to the Retire Right Podcast with Larry Heller. You deserve complete financial advice. There's no acceptable alternative if you want to plan to live well and on your terms. Complete financial advice equals complete peace of mind. Now, let's get into this week's podcast episode. Hello and welcome to podcast number four. Today we're going to be talking about the second pillar of your complete financial house, which is strategy. Larry, how are you doing today? Terrific, Matt. Good to be here. And it's very, very good to have you. So break this down. What does this second pillar strategy mean in your complete financial house? Well, after you've done the first pillar, which is really the visualization and finding out what all your goals and objectives are. Now you got to create a plan. You got to create a strategy to take you from the, your, your, your visions to making it happen. So the second pillar is all about all the different strategies that are needed to accomplish all your goals. All right. Well, let's break down those strategies. What, what strategies are we looking for? Well, the, the first thing is, you know, accessing your, your circumstances. So that's really the first thing you, you, you need you need to do. Um, and the first thing in the, you know, in the circumstances is really determining what your expenses are. Um, you know, I'm still very surprised that most potential clients have no idea what their total expenses are going to be, let alone a, a breakdown. And it is so crucial to know what you're spending now and also what you're projected to spend in the, in the future. Uh, a few thousand dollars more of spending each year compounding over 20 or 30 years could really mean whether you have a successful financial retirement or not. Uh, so I, I am you know, surprised by that. Also, you know, trying to figure out, we ask clients what they think they're going to be spending now and in the future. And they always think they're going to be spending less in retirement mm -hmm. when actually when actually that's usually just the opposite. Um, what, since we work with a lot of retirees, what we found is the first 10 years of retirement, your expenses usually go up. There's more free time uh, to spend more money on entertainment uh, and especially travel. So their expenses usually go up the first 10 years. Then probably the next 10 years, and this is generalizations, of course, the next 10 years kind of level off when you're not traveling as much. And usually the, the, the remaining 10 years, we see it going back up again because of medical expenses that are no longer covered. Mm. So, you know, determining what your expenses are is really the first part before uh, we call it, you know, is the strategy because you need to know what the circumstances are to develop the retirement plan. So, you know, knowing what your expenses are is really the first step. And the second step has to do with, with overall, is this now income needs now, or is this income needs in the future or both? Well, it's really not income needs. So the expenses are the needs. The okay. income is really knowing how much you are earning, how much you are making. I mean, if you're a salaried employee, that's uh, usually very simple. You can look at the, t the tax returns and figure out or your pay stubs. But a lot of people are, you know, their, their income is based upon commissions or bonuses. And many business owners, accountants close your ears, ha have some personal expenses that go through their businesses. So we've got to account for that. But really determining what your current income is to determine what you can save 
uh, before you retire or, or for a specific goal? How much can I save for college? How much can I save for a second home? We need to know what your income is and what your expenses are. Um, and income in the future really you know, boils down to you know, how much is Social Security going to be? Uh, do you have a pension? Uh, if you're lucky enough to have a pension, that's kind of gone away now, but there are still many people who have pensions. So you need to know what that income is because th therefore the amount of money that you're going to save is going to be different for those that have pensions and for those that don't. Savings is such a huge component of making sure that you're assessing your current situation and circumstances. But how do you talk about that, Larry? This is one of the more difficult things that I've heard from other advisors is broaching the subject of savings and saving more now is sometimes a difficult conversation. Well, it, it's interesting. Once you have their financial goals and their dreams up there, and if they are really committed to this and they really want to make it happen, uh, they start to be more realistic about what their savings are going to be if they want to get to these goals. So first, determining what the savings are based upon their current income expenses. And then later, when we run the analysis and the strategy to see if it's they're going to be able to reach their goals, they sometimes come back and say, you know what, this goal is really important to me. We're going to figure out how to save more. Or they say, you know what, this goal is not doable 10 years from now. We have to push that off 15 years from now. So it's an easy conversation to have after you've done the second step of the pillars, um, actually the first step of the pillars, to talk more about saving. And then once you talk about saving, then we want to talk about how to save. What's okay. the best way to save? What are the strategies to save? A lot of people don't maximize what they can save in their 401k plan. Uh, and there are firms out there that will match savings. So I basically tell potential clients, you're throwing mo free money away. It's free money that they're giving if you're not taking advantage of this. Hmm. And then also, then also, you know, what's the tax, you know, the tax ramifications for saving right now. So, you know, some clients go, well, I can't afford to do any more. And when we show them, well, part of the savings that you're going to do in your 401k or a profit sharing plan is going to be benefited because the government is going to basically going to allow you to deduct that. So it net, it's not as much as what it would be if you're saving in a, in a retirement plan. So strategizing where to save uh, is much better sometimes than than how to save it. They're saving outside their 401k or retirement plan. They're giving up potential additional money that can grow for them compounded. Hmm. Well, what's next? What are the other circumstances that we need to assess? Uh, so, you know, you, you you need to know, you know, what all your, you know, all the assets are. So you know, what are your qualified and you're non-qualified. What I mean by that is what assets haven't been paid for with taxes. So if you're saving solely in IRAs or 401k plans, eventually you're going to have to pay taxes on that. But the money is growing for you tax deferred. So we want to see what the assets are in here, which is the savings in here, and then match them to the goal. If the goal is a retirement plan, then we can use qualified assets because you're not going to be drawing down from this until later in life. 
But if you're looking to save for a second home or for college planning, then you, you, you don't want to do it in a qualified account because there may be penalties to pull, pull out earlier. Uh, there's 529 plans, a lot of different ways of doing this. So the strategies on which vehicles you use should be matched to your financial goals. And then besides the assets, you know, especially here in the Northeast, but many places around the country, uh, your home is your maybe your significant your significant largest asset that you have. So we need to talk about that because if you're planning on staying in your home, you can't use the four walls, you know, to pay bills. Mm -hmm. But but if you're going to sell your home and downsize. Now there's money from the house that can be used for another asset, which could go into meeting a financial goal or buying a boat or paying for a wedding. So we need to really talk about the, the, the home as, a, as part of the assessing your, your circumstances. So far, you've talked about expenses, income, savings, and assets to assess your current circumstances. There's two more. So what are the next two? Okay, so the next the next two are really, you know, what are your obligations or your li your liabilities? So you need to kind of know going in your future what you need to put, you know, what you need to put away. If I'm putting if I want for college funding, how much should I how much should I put away? There are a lot of programs out there that you can go into certain schools and estimate what the cost would be for when they're going to go to school and then put in an inflation factor in there. So determining what your future obligations are going to be is important. If you have a mortgage and you're going to be paying down your mortgage, luckily, let's say you're finishing your mortgage with five years, then we know that after that, we're going to have additional free money that we can use into, into savings. So we need to kind of look at the future obligations when you're creating your strategies. And lastly is, is really the, the investments. Okay. Um, people have no idea what kind of risk is in their investments. And, and they have no idea what, what's going to happen possibly in a down, down market. I mean, they may remember 2008, but it's been eight years and people are forgetting about that investments and stock market assets can go, can go down. So, you know, what, what are your assets? How are they broken down? What, what are your, you know, what is your risk tolerance? What is your expected rate, expected rate of return? Uh, in, in risk and looking at expected rates of return, a lot of people think long-term is one year. Well, when you're investing, long-term is not one year. It's, you know, 10 years. So on a one-year time frame, what could be your worst case scenario? How are you planning against that? Do you have enough in assets to protect against that? So determining what your risk is and how much you should put into different investment classes is one of the strategies that we, we want to address because this way there won't be any surprises in a down market. In 2008, our retired clients stay the cost because we were able to use a software called Finometrica, which measured risk, and we knew what their pain point would, would be. They weren't happy, but they stayed the, they stayed the cost. 
We also use another software which is terrific. It's called Efficient Frontier, and it kind of shows what the expected rates of return would be and gives us a, a best case and a worst case scenario on a one, three, and five year basis. So when you're putting the um, plan in place, clients can see, you know what, I, I wouldn't be able to stomach a 10% down. So we need to address address the investment allocation, uh, <clears throat> which really leads to the, the biggest part in that your investments are, are really determined, your returns are really determined by your overall asset allocation. Uh, there was a study done a long while ago, the Brinson Bevauer study, which says your investments return, 90% of your investments returns are determined by your allocation. That means how much do you have in the stock market? How much do you have in bonds? How much you have in cash? Not the specific investments. So clients want to come in, they want to talk about returns on a specific, specific mutual fund or a specific stock, rather than looking at the overall asset allocation, which is really the most important strategy, because there we can use history to show you what the expected rates of return on when we know the proper asset allocation. Now, in Pillar 1, we talked about mindset. And this next section, when it comes to strategy, is you call it bridging your vision. So how do those things work together? And then how do you use the vision that you've created in the mindset pillar to help people with a good strategy? Well, I mean, the, the first part, the mindset strategy and the vision strategy is really great because now clients or, or potential clients or, or really have a goal right there in writing for them, they can see what their goals are. And we keep those goals right up front when we're creating the strategy. So if we're talking about, I want to retire at age 63, that's right there. So then when we run the retirement plan software and the strategy, we can say, excuse me, we can say that you need to do this in order to be able to retire at age 63. So we're using the software to bridge their vision from, let's say I'm 50 and I want to retire at 63. What are all the steps that are needed from age 50 to age 63 so they can retire in that particular year? Hmm. Now... Don't you? Oh, okay. So we've gotten the vision taken care of. We've talked about all of your your current circumstances. Now the rubber has to meet the road here at some point, don't they, Larry? So how how do we get the rubber to meet the road? So, so th this is where you are taking all the um, information in the uh, in the circumstances that I measured before. And we're putting that all into, I'm just going to use retirement plan as, as their financial goal right here. So we're taking all that information and going to create a step-by-step -step strategy to, to make this work. And I always say that if we don't do the proper job on accessing their current circumstances, it's garbage in, garbage out. If, if your expenses are, not, are going to be uh, a few thousand dollars more each year, then that's going to have a dramatic effect whether the retirement plan works or whether it doesn't work. So we're now looking at their current circumstances and we're creating an investment and a overall financial plan to where, the, where you say the rubber meets the road to really sit back and see if this is working. And we do this 
collaterally. There's, there's, you know, a lot of different softwares, you know, softwares out there. But this is where we have a retirement plan analysis that takes into many different factors. Uh, besides expenses, you have to look at savings, inflation factors, asset allocation, your tax assumptions, your withdrawal strategies from each account. Because if you withdraw from qualified assets and you should have been withdrawing from non-qualified assets, that can have an impact. Your life expectancy and, and many more. This is not an exact science. It's really an art and we're going to put this together and we're going to look at probabilities and this is where we're kind of looking at the, the overall needs and seeing if they're going to be able to be successful. And later on, we'll talk about tracking and progressing in pillar four. But right now, this is where everything comes together so we can match their vision with their ultimate financial dream. Talk about executing the plan, because so, so the next pillar is really going to be diving into uh, you know, the tracking, the progress, and, and, and like you just said, but how do you, so we've got the vision, we've got the buy-in. I hope you don't mind, but I'd like to find out what you do and then also what you expect from your clients when it comes to really making this happen. Now, that's a great point because there are, we can just, you know, you know, take the horse to the water. We can't make them drink. So the first thing that we do is set all the priorities. So if they have different goals, because a lot of times it's not just one goal. It's not just I want to retire at X amount of age. It's one, I want to retire, but I also want to take care of my grandchildren's college education. And I also want to eventually you know, save for my daughter's weddings. So there's multiple goals. And sometimes we have to prioritize which one is more, more important. And once we put that in place, we then have specific requirements that are going to need to be done each year. It may even may be multiple ones that are done each year. And we'll provide that to the client saying these are the things that need need to be done. We need to increase our 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 savings and we need to put X amount into a 529 plan. We need to put X amount into a uh into our 401k plan. And we need to change our investment allocation. You need to change your allocation in the 401, you know, 401k plan. So there are specific items that have to be done and followed. Then, and we'll talk about it again in, the, in, in pillar four, but then it's up to the clients to actually do that. We'll follow up with them. We keep track of all these and we have actions in our CRM, a client relationship management software, to make sure that they are staying on track and doing what they're supposed to do. So when we get to their annual review, because every year we need to look at this again because things change. Life changes, um, expectation changes. We'll be able to see if they're on track and if they're doing what they said they are doing or their goals weren't as important to them as what they said to us. All of this stuff has happened, so I'm going to move to the ideal. There's execution on your side. There's execution on their side. You're doing this. You're tracking this annually. They've they've assessed their current circumstances. You know, we've, we've brought this visualization in. We're starting to build this house. What is the desired outcome of this strategy, though, Larry? What What do you want your clients to feel like after they go through the process? 
Well, you know, it, it's very rewarding, especially from, from my from my standpoint. I mean, it's great to run the numbers and do all this analysis and to invest their their best their money in our model portfolios. But when you can see their dreams come true, that's really the most rewarding to me. For a client, we had a client who all they wanted to do, there were two teachers, I might have mentioned this before, but they were two teachers and they wanted to, to you know, to buy their dream home. Uh, and when they were able, we were able to put a plan together and they were able to succeed, uh, it was very, you know, it's very rewarding. So, or clients that wanted to retire early and weren't sure they were going to be able to do that or had no idea they were going to be able to do that, to put a plan in place, execute it for years, and then have them tell me, you know what, based upon this plan, I'm able to change my careers and I am so happy. So that's the most you know rewarding part to me is watching the clients evolve and be able to live their life and reach those visions that they created when we first started. You know, I think it goes without saying, or at least I hope it does, that one of the reasons why it's so important to work with somebody like you is because you're able to hopefully reduce people's worry to do exactly what you're talking about there. And in, in knowing that you're on track, it's got to relieve a substantial amount of stress. Am I off base with that or is that true? Now you're right on base, and actually, we tell clients that that you know you're busy with your life, you're busy with your family. Let us worry about everything else. And if you talk to my staff, you'll find out that I'm always worried about something and making sure that's that nothing falls through falls through the cracks. Hmm. That's really our job is to you know to worry about that so they don't have to. Fantastic. Any closing thoughts on the second pillar of your complete financial house, which is strategy, Larry? Yep. Just, you know, just do it. I mean, once you have your goals, make sure you assess your situation and start to put the strategies in place to live your dreams. Hey, Larry, thank you very much for your thought leadership and passing on this wisdom to all of our listeners today. Thanks, Matt. Enjoy the day. We'll talk soon.